Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Taylor, how's it going? Good, Josh. How are you? Doing well. Ready to talk about some sales ownership. As am I. Sales outcome ownership, how we can train reps to own their outcome. So, Josh, what's ownership to you? If I had to put one word to it, it would be mindset. Um, I read Extreme Ownership a few years mm. ago, and the biggest takeaway from that was really, for me, again, it's a mindset. It's a way of thinking where instead of passing the buck or making a decision, well, in this situation, it wasn't really my fault because of this, this, and this, right? Mm. And there's, I think there's times where we, we really legitimately know we are feel at least that we couldn't have done more. Right. But when you really dig in and you, you have the ownership mindset and you decide, I decided at least at one point I said, everything that I am part of or am involved in is on me. It's my fault, whether it goes right or it's my fault, whether it goes wrong. If it goes wrong with me or my team, I take ownership. If it goes right, I actually just give credit to, to my team, right? And and that was a mindset shift to where, you know, customer did X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and was unhappy about the way something went. Well, you know what? That's my fault. We should have communicated better. We should have had a better process. We should have, we should have, we should have. And I go mm-hmm. out and I'm dead set on fixing it. So the one word for me is mindset. How about you? I like that. The one word for me is obsession. Obsession in the form of when you, when you are obsessed with something, you tend to take it from start to finish. I agree with your mindset principle and the fact that, you know, you want to take extreme ownership of your outcomes by, by, you know, uh, taking ownership of every step in the process. If something didn't go well, that's on me. That's not on somebody else. You have zero victim mentality. I think that's a really good one. When I think of obsession at a micro level, that is the, an individual that is so obsessed with getting something done from start to finish that he or she is going to be involved in every single step of the process. And I'll tell you, Josh, what I see a lot of out there right now, especially as, as it relates to sales, is someone recognizing an opportunity, getting an opportunity, and then kicking it over the fence to somebody else, and then start <laughs> screaming at them to get them a quote back so they can get the quote in their customer's hands, and yada, yada, yada. And then when they close the deal, they give it to the, the, to the delivery team, and then something doesn't go right in delivery, and then they scream and yell for improvement and this and that. And so I like to, I like to think of it and, and it's not necessarily going to be feasible to every situation, but in sales, if you are obsessed with your craft and obsessed with seeing this through from start to finish, then you're going to be involved and you're not just going to kick it over the fence and wait for it. You're not going to kick it over to somebody else and just wait for it. You're going to see problems coming before they come. You're going to see, you're going to communicate that something awry happened before your customer comes to you and says, hey, something awry happened. That kind of ownership is, in my mind, achieved through obsession. Yeah, I love the idea of obsession um, because it can always be better, right? If you're obsessed with it, like I found I have this weird, I would say, obsession with uh, efficiency, like I see it being done the hard way. I'm like, no, this is a nightmare. We can do it better Mm -hmm. and faster. 
you know, and, and even when I'm forced into situations where I have to use, you know, other people's tools or other people's ways, it just, I cringe because it's not efficient enough. You know, I, I know <laughs> yeah. there's another way, you know, like, I don't care yeah. if you've done it this way for 10 years, this is horrible. You know, so there's yep. an obsession around efficiency. Um, so yeah, I think a healthy obsession is, is definitely a good thing when it comes to ownership. I think so too. And and I, I just, I wish it wasn't as common as it is, but I've seen so many organizations and perhaps if you're listening, you're, you're in one of these organizations, which is that the salesperson is in charge of, uh, you know, client management and things like that. But the client management tends to stop at, Hey, what do you got going on? Oh, let me get you a quote on that. And that's it. Yeah. And it's like, guys, you, you've got to be so much more involved in that. I mean, what, when I think of ways of being obsessed, when I think of like taking extreme ownership in your opportunities, you are setting – if you have to hand it off to somebody, you are handing it off perfectly. You are handing it off with all the required information. You're setting them up for success. You're teeing them up to knock it out of the park, and that's in transition and implementation, planning, whatever business that you're in. If you are obsessed with your customers, obsessed with your with your you know your the life cycle of your sale, there is nothing that your support team is going to argue or have issues with if you're obsessing over the amount of data and information that you're bringing them in order to succeed. Yeah. And I mean, if you're doing it in the right way too, it's that how you do it matters, right? So if you're passing off a piece of information where you need something from somebody else during the sales cycle, you know, the, the one way you can do it is, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? Where is it? Right. And they're just annoyed. And really the ownership, you know, taking ownership of it is, Hey, I noticed this isn't ready yet. Is there anything I can do to help? I noticed this isn't ready yet. Where can I step in? Am I missing anything? Right? Like I, by saying, am I missing anything? Can I help? I'm owning the process and saying, Hey, this person must not be, it's not saying this person isn't done because they're slow. They're too busy. My deal is not important. It's, Oh, this person must not got it back to me because I didn't provide them what they needed. Right. Or enough info. What can I do to provide you what you need? Right. Automatically. I mean, that takes ownership. Plus it helps the relationship with them for later. You know, all kinds of things change just in phrasing it that way. And when you do it, just like you just said, there is not there. There are two people that are really you know, positively influenced by that, your customer can feel that your customer can feel when you don't just shift the blame or just, you know, start ripping apart somebody in your team that's taking so long and just agreeing with them. Yeah, I know it's taking so long. You're right. You're right. We suck. We suck. We suck. There, there is <laughs> that, that is not good. That's not a good representation of your organization. Your customer can feel that guys and girls trust me. And you know who else really appreciates that on this other side is your support team, your support team that's helping you build the opportunity, build the proposal, getting you all your supply chain information, whatever industry you are in, they can feel when you take extreme ownership of your deal. And trust me, what's going to come along with that is the willingness to help you succeed because they're going to be truly interested in making you, you know, successful and getting that deal, uh, you know, into fruition as soon as possible. Yeah. And one of the things I found, you know, for myself when it comes to extreme ownership, you know, there has been times in the past where I didn't take ownership. Um, it's just the reality, right? Situation, education, time, how I felt that day, whatever. Right. So there's lots of instances. I can think of a few unique ones that stood out in my mind where I didn't take ownership. And what I feel like when I reflect on that is all it really came down to was laziness, straight Mm. up laziness. Interesting. I passed the buck to somebody else because 
I didn't, I didn't do it right the first time. I didn't thoroughly read the email. I was in a rush, you know, whatever it was is, you know, in, in reality, I was being lazy. I didn't do the job the way that it needed to be. And it came back to bite me. And then uh-huh. it was, it was like, oh, well, you know, cover your butt at that point. Right. Oh, well, here's That's the right. reasons that went wrong when really, yep. I think it comes down to laziness. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I can see that. And I and I know I've been there, too, in my career where something felt like it was, you know, a little bit more work than it was worth. And uh, you pass the buck. And then, of course, it comes back and it doesn't have, as you said, the exact same Josh Sweeney lens on it that it should. And then it goes out a not good representation of the Josh Sweeney product or what have you. Oh, yeah. That happens. You know, it happens all the time. I, I, I agree. You know, you, you definitely lose some identity in that, too. When you're when you're going in as a salesman and talking to your customer. You know, there, there is probably something that that customer likes about you. Right. And, uh, and if you're just keep delegating a lot of these things and making all these other little aspects, other people's problems, well, that might translate to your customer as I, I'm, I'm not that important to them. I must not be, you know, as, as important as I thought I was to the, I might be a small clam. Maybe I'm a small fish in a big pond. So by, by taking that kind of ownership and your sale, I just, I want to be, it is so evident to your customer when that happens, that goes such a long way. Some of the best customer testimonial that I've heard in my 20 years of doing this is how much they appreciate the fact that they can trust their salesperson to get something done when it's going right and when it's going wrong. And the and that is such a powerful testimonial that word trust when it comes to it. But if you just sit there and start, you know, I'm sorry, my guy sucks, or you know, I'm sorry that this this person hasn't gotten back to me. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Customers hate that. <laughs> they oh, hate yeah. that. I assure you. So make sure your tone is that it is a one throat to choke. You own the outcome. You own everything relating to that communication. And uh, if you take, as a salesperson, if you take it incremental steps further along, I'm telling you, it's only going to further you on as a professional. It's only going to be more evident and clear to your customer. It's only going to be more appreciative to the management team and the support team behind you. There is nothing, nothing bad that could come from this. Love it. So, yeah, I mean, there there isn't anything that can come bad, I don't think, from it because mainly because if you own it, uh, I think a lot of people have respect for that. You know, they have respect for, hey, I screwed this up. I'll fix it. What they don't have respect for is you screwed it up and and now you haven't called them for three days or you're dodging yep. their call or you don't want to deal with it. Right. I yep. think a lot of people just want to hear that, you know, hey, my fault. I'm on it and and it's done. Right. And yeah. uh, if you're working with the right people, they know that's going to happen because mm-hmm. things get messed up every day. They get messed up Absolutely. for 100,000 reasons. They get messed up in your business and my business and everybody else's. And, you know, it's easier to say, yep, we messed it up. We're going to fix it. Yeah. Two very powerful words in the dictionary. I'm sorry. <laughs> Those are powerful. Those are showstoppers. The customer could be screaming and yelling and, you know, there's some people out there that still will. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, I'm sorry. I'm on it. I'll fix it. Hey, man, that goes a long way. That's it. That, that's another human you're talking to on the other end of the phone. He or she ain't perfect either. You know what I mean? But if you start, if you have that mind, if you have that tone uh, that that you're going to fix, that you're going to take the responsibility of going to get it fixed, they are going to appreciate you significantly more 
than if you just agree with them that it was a shit show and it was just a garbage experience and, and all that. Customers don't like that at all. And you know who definitely doesn't like that at all is management. Whoever you work for, they don't like that at all. If you start misrepresenting your organization as low quality because your people don't have it together, it's going to get back to them. They're going to hear about it right. and they're not going to like it. You know what I mean? You do not want to be known as that guy or girl in the organization that just passes and ditches. That is the worst. You don't want to be known as that person. So don't do it. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Uh, what are some situations where you have seen or maybe been a part of where maybe management didn't show ownership? Uh, yeah, that happens. Um, Gosh, way, way more often than, than, than it should. I mean, gosh, I, I, I don't even – it happens as much in the, at the salesperson level as it does at the sales management level for sure. It absolutely does. Um, I mean, when I think of that – when I think of it, the, the management team, the first thing that comes to mind is when our managers might come to us and say, yeah, we did uh, 70 or 80 percent of our monthly number because this person sucked this month. That's it. And then that just move and then and they just move on. There's no there, there's we has gone out the window. My group has gone out the window. It now just becomes one person's problem. Or when a project manager comes to us and says, hey, this didn't go really this went terribly wrong because uh, the distributor didn't get the 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 stuff there on site and they screwed up everything. And this I mean, that that happens daily. Right. Absolutely yeah. daily. And look, I, I can speak from a from a very, very specific example. We take as an organization at Centrix, for instance, we take so much ownership in the prepping of the individuals that are involved in the execution of the deal. Very small example. If a technician is going to go out to site to do X, Y, Z, the level of preparation that our project coordinator gives them, trains them on, understands them on the level of literature and run books and, and everything that they give the technician when they go on site, it, it's, it's enormous because they're owning every part of it that they can. Now, at the end of the day, if the engineer has a bad day and runs off and slugs the customer in the face, okay, maybe, <laughs> right. maybe you couldn't, maybe you don't have to take ownership of that extreme of a situation. But if the engineer has a bad experience on site and you say, well, it's just because they're a bad person, that's unacceptable. That is not taking ownership. What you could look at is, did I plan well enough? Did I prepare this technician well enough? Did I make sure that they understood everything around technical skill set, professionalism? You know, did I, did, I, did I basically control everything in my power to make this result the way that I wanted it, this outcome the way that I wanted it to go. So that doesn't just go for sales, even though it's naturally the, the focus of this conversation. That goes for sales management. That goes for anybody in a leadership position. You've got to take as much ownership as possible. And the way that you do that is by getting as much and being obsessed with what you're doing and having the right mindset, as you said, Josh, throughout the process. Or else, like you said, it's just if you tease someone else up to fail, they're going to. That That's going to happen yeah. more often than yeah. not. And you know? I think, um, you know, over time and having uh, and founding and growing my own organizations, you know, I've had to take ownership and really become an expert in many more areas than I ever wanted to. Right. And that gave me the ability to go make sure that I'm managing the team and that we can mm -hmm. take ownership and we can do things the right way, because I do see 
oftentimes, oh, well, we hired somebody to do this, right? We hired somebody to go sell, so yep. they're going to go sell. It's like there's no ownership in that statement at all. You know, and there is yeah. some transition that has to happen. You know, if if I'm a founder of a company, we work with all founders, right? And so, yeah. you know, if I'm the founder of a company and I've grown a, a good business through the years, but really need to level up and grow a sales team, I now have to become a sales leader. I can't mm-hmm. just say, well, I hired somebody to do that. And then when the results aren't what I thought they should be, well, I'm going to blame the person that I hired to do that. And I'm not talking about us as a company. I'm talking about you know, I'm a founder and I hire a sales manager to come in and grow a team and it doesn't go the way I thought, right? You can't pass the buck onto them. Yeah. So let me, let me poke on that a little bit. Cause I think that what you're, what you're basically saying here is that you had to understand every element that went into this deal to a certain extent, uh, because you want it because you had that level of obsession and the opportunity and the deal to make it happen. So that, that that's a really good point that you bring up in this whole aspect. It's one thing just to get, just to pick a bunch of stuff off the shelf and, and then hand it to somebody and say, make right. something. It's another thing to take all the right, because you fully understand what needs to happen. And so that you can be the guide in that situation to get and, and during the handoff. So talk to me a little bit more about the importance of understanding what you're getting into when it comes to taking ownership of these types of opportunities, truly the educational, the learning, the understanding of each possible, in, in, in this case, deal that comes across. Yeah, I think the best way to explain it is is really just through experience. Um, early days, started hiring salespeople, it kept going wrong, right? I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't a sales leader. I didn't know how to hire them correctly. I didn't know what metrics to hold them accountable for. You know, there's all these different challenges. And so I just immersed myself in books, uh, audio books, going through sales techniques, going through expectations, going out and interviewing other people that ran Mm-hmm. quality sales organizations. What are your quotas on this? How much can this person do? What are the sales cycles? You know, and and the best people will give you all this information, right? The the good advisors. So yeah. I had to go out and do that. Whereas I think what a lot of people do is they say, well, I will hire somebody on my team to take care of this. And they just know enough about it to take care of it. But, you know, you as a manager, leader, founder have to still manage the managers and to do that appropriately, yeah. whether you're managing a manager or managing a sales rep, you have to have enough knowledge. Um, yep. Same thing on the hiring side. You know, I talked about how to hold salespeople or sales manager accountable. Well, if you want to hire the best salespeople, you can't just go hire an HR person and go, hey, you're in HR, hire go the hire the best salespeople. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they may not have any experience in hiring salespeople, yep. right? They, they may know how to manage, um, you know, benefits, benefits and payroll. And, Who yeah, knows? Things right? like that, right. So you have to educate yourself. And that's part of the extreme ownership is, you know, same thing. I went and read, you know, personality assessments and hiring books and um, anything I could get my hands on on really how to build a hiring process. Now I mm-hmm. can hold that HR person accountable. I know what the benchmark should be. So there's a lot of ownership that goes in holding people accountable, even if you hired them in a role that you would think they should know more than you, right? They have 20 years of experience. I just don't find that it works that way most of the time. And the fact that, I mean, exactly. So, so the, the learning, the understanding that in that example, and this kind of reminded me of, of, you know, what, what happens in the, in the mind of a salesperson a lot of times. In that example, because you understood it so well, because you know what it needed to be, because you had the benchmark in mind, you also knew what was not 
the benchmark. You knew what was not a good potential candidate or a good recruitment. Pro- and I look at this a lot with salesmen and salespeople a lot of times is they will they will not take enough you know ownership. They will not take enough of the responsibility of learning what an ideal candidate, what an ideal opportunity is before they start just taking things off the shelf and throwing them over. So yeah. <laughs> the you know what I mean? So like this absolutely goes into qualifying, you know, the opportunities before you waste everybody's time or qualifying the opportunities before you put a bunch of people through the ringer on something that's way out of the wheelhouse or, you know, way out of, you know, reach and and just might be kind of a, a pricing exercise for a client or, or what have you, you know what I mean? So there's, there's a level of discipline obviously that goes into taking extreme ownership, but even to the point where, when you're in the middle of a conversation, having the guts to say, that's not a good opportunity for us be, and, and, and stopping it there. You know what I mean? Taking ownership of your, of, of the qualification process of your deal before you even bring everything to the table and then start guiding them through the process. There's a step before that. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's steps before, um, in, in the ideal customer profile, which I think we're talking about in, in our next episode, That's right, um, yeah. you know, there's steps around the conversations in the management team around what's not acceptable, right? I mean, there's a lot of ownership that comes in us saying, these are the types of deals we're not going to take. And we're agreeing on that. And anybody who overrides that at a management level is putting all kinds of things in peril, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. going to mess up our pricing. Everybody's going to be rushing around. Like there's all kinds of things that that breaks if we take on this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and we have yeah. to own the outcome of that, right? Maybe, maybe we miss, yeah. maybe we miss some sales because of that. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it is courage to make the decisions you need and stick to them. Yeah. 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 I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, I think and, and I hope people are are taking this very seriously because I can tell you and I know you have been as I, I've been I've been the salesperson. I've been the sales manager. I've been the director of sales and I've been I've been in charge of the overall solution. I've been at all steps of this. The more management responsibility you take on, the more ownership you should be taking as it relates to the outcome. I think everybody says, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I do not want the sales folks out there to to think that, well, my boss should have made something happen. His boss should have made something happen. Yada, yada. It is, it is so important and it will accelerate your professional career and your general professionalism if you get really nitty gritty on understanding the opportunity from start to finish, you know, gathering all the prerequisite information so that your handoffs are seamless, setting everybody up to succeed, and really being able to talk intelligently about your opportunity because of this of this obsession and this mindset that you have in regards to it. That's going to that's going to spill over and spill out of you, and your customers are going to feel that. Your your organization is going to feel that. It, it, again, I, I've said it. I said it before. I say it again. There is nothing bad that could come of taking that level of ownership in your outcome as a salesperson, manager, director, etc. It is a it is a cultural requirement in my point of view. Yeah. So with that, it is a cultural requirement to take ownership in your sales process and in your sales. Uh, anything else to add about ownership? I think we've beaten it to death, man. And I hope, <laughs> <It's> uh, <laughs> and I hope everybody got something out of it. Again, I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face. So maybe we'll give them a break and come back in a few weeks, talk more about it. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I'll see you on the next episode. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.